0: Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined this week by guest analyst Solis Chukwu in Lagos, Nigeria, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on the draw for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, starting on the 9th of January, with the holders Algeria and Ivory Coast drawn in the same group, Nigeria placed alongside Egypt, and Morocco and Ghana together in the same group as well. Also, we look at the comments made by the CAF president Patrice Motsepe at the draw, speaking of a plan to pay some prize money for the winners direct to the players rather than players waiting to get their money through their federations. This a possible way may be of solving some of the disputes over payment of winning bonuses that have affected so many teams in African football.
1: So that we don't experience the problems we've had in the past, that the players are demotivated uh, when they qualify because they don't know how much they will make by way of bonuses.
0: That's coming later, plus lots of English Premier League action to talk about, with Manchester United, Liverpool and Chelsea all making great starts to the season. So the draw for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations was made in Cameroon on Tuesday. Legends Samuel Eto of Cameroon, the host nation Rabah Madja of Algeria, Didier Drogba of Ivory Coast and Asamoah Jan of Ghana were pulling the names out at the draw. This is the second edition with 24 teams, so the top two in each of the six groups qualify to the knockout stage, plus the four best third-place teams. It's Cameroon against Burkina Faso in the opening game on January the 9th. Also in Group A are Ethiopia and Cape Verde. So, Ida's away this week. We're joined by guest analyst Solis Chukwu in Lagos in Nigeria, a Solis an African football expert. Um, a straightforward group for the host, Solis.
2: Yes indeed Steve, I think Cameroon will be fairly happy with this draw for three main reasons. Of the three teams only, Burkina Faso finished top of their qualifying group. Um, All three teams are fairly low scoring and they all did their best work in the qualifiers while playing on their home patch. Now Cape Verde may hold something of a psychological edge over Cameroon seeing as they were able to avoid defeats over two legs against the indomitable Lions during the qualifiers but cameroon had already qualified so there was perhaps less of an incentive for them to be truly competitive in that one the other team in the group is ethiopia who let's face it had to rely on niger keeping their first clean sheet away from home in four years competitively against Madagascar in order to qualify on the very final day so there's really little to fear here um for cameroon under tony Sao, the host nation have begun to look quietly impressive again First, he fixed the defense, and lately, um, in terms of constructing attacks as well, they are looking mighty impressive. So, I expect they will get through Group A fairly easily, and Burkina Faso will do Cape Verde for the runner up spot.
0: So, a decent draw for the host. Group B, we have Senegal, Guinea, Zimbabwe, and Malawi. Uh, it looks like a tough group, this one.
2: I can imagine there's a bit more excitement here for you, especially, not least because of the presence of Zimbabwe. But yes, this does look interesting. Senegal are, of course, favorites. They contested the final last time out and are the highest-ranked African team. However, they won't have it all their own way. Guinea are a tricky side. They have, a, have an abundance of midfield talent with likes of Naby Keita and Madi Kamara, who are particular standouts. So they will be able, in theory, to match the Taranga Lions in the middle of the park, Unfortunately for the Guineans, they can lack a cutting edge in front of goal and that could prove their undoing, especially if they fail to break down a very defensive Malawi who came through the lowest scoring qualifying group in the EtA african qualifiers. Um, no team scored fewer goals to reach the competition, so that does give you an idea what the Flames are about. But yes, Steve, this could be a much more interesting group, especially if Zimbabwe stop flattering to deceive at the AFCON. We saw in qualifying that on their day, they're a match for any team. But the question now is, will that day come in Cameroon? That really is the variable in the Group B.
0: Yes, Zimbabwe aiming to reach the knockout stage for the first time. Uh, to Group C, there's Morocco, Ghana, Gabon, and the debutants, Comoros. Any chance for them, Salas?
2: It's impossible not to be excited at the side of Comoros at the Africa Cup of Nations I mean, this is a nation who only made their competitive debut in qualifying, what, 10 years ago? That's a remarkable level of growth in such a short time, Steve Uh, You really cannot help but root for them Now, whether goodwill and mental strength will be enough to make an impression at the tournament itself is another matter entirely But this group is more favourable than it appears on paper Morocco had the best defensive record in qualifying and are overwhelming favourites in the group, granted But they were frustrated at home and away by Mauritania in qualifying There's Ghana, who are in the middle of a rebuild and have a bit of an identity crisis at the moment They want to play a possession-based style, but they struggle with their distances with and without the ball And there's Gabon, who are another team that are never up to the sum of their parts at major tournaments even though they have a very talented attacking noble act in Denis Buanga and uh, PM Rico Bameyang. So you put all this together, does this mean Comoros can surprise everyone and progress? Well, probably not, but I think they could draw some inspiration from what Madagascar did two years ago in Egypt.
0: Yeah, sure. And at Group D, we've got two big guns, Nigeria and Egypt, drawn along with Sudan and Guinea-Bissau. Uh, are the fans there in Nigeria happy with the draw, Solis?
2: Uh, Nigerians are about as happy as one could be, in all honesty. I mean, no one likes the idea of playing Egypt at the Africa Cup of Nations, particularly given their pedigree. But the pharaohs are not the first they once were, so that softens the blow a little bit. The other teams in the group, Sudan showed they are not to be taken lightly. They did hold off South Africa to qualify, after all. But they do not tend to travel well. Um, Guinea-Bissau have quietly become a fixture at the Cup of Nations and are making their third straight appearance. But beyond giving eventual winners Cameroon a scare in the group stage in 2017, they've never really registered in any meaningful way. So the major source of uncertainty for Nigeria at this point is not external, it's internal. Uh, Despite qualifying with the second most goals scored and the second highest points tally in the continent, coach General Rohr does not inspire a lot of confidence back home, due in part to his mixed messaging and also to his somewhat boring personnel choices. In addition, his most recent contract extension tasked him with winning the Afcon outright, so he's under a brutal amount of pressure to perform. It seems like he's been handed a poison chalice almost, doesn't it, Steve?
0: Yeah, sure. Win the Africa Cup of Nations or you're out, the ultimatum for Gernot Rohr. And Group E's got two heavyweights in there too. There's Algeria and Ivory Coast, along with Sierra Leone and Equatorial Guinea.
2: Yes indeed To give a note to the tournament format This is one of those groups where it seems Highly unlikely that whoever finishes in third place Will make it through I mean there are two clear top dogs And there's not enough to choose between the other two For either one to cancel out the beating Their goal defence will take from the favourites um, Algeria and Cote d'Ivoire They do get to rematch their epic quarterfinal From two years ago That was the only match the Algerians Did not win in regulation time On their way to lifting the trophy um, since then, Jamel Belmadi's side has come on in bounds. They are unbeaten in 27 matches. They average more than three goals per game in qualifying, which is eye-watering. And they have some of the finest attacking talents in Africa, in the likes of Mares, Beleli, and Benrama. If you're Cote d'Ivoire, I think you're comfortable with the idea of finishing behind them. There would be no shame in that at all. Um, in getting the likes of Sebastian Ale and Willy Bolly to take up Ivorian nationality, the elephants have a bit more quality along their spine. And they will rely on Wilfred Zaha and Nicola Pepe to provide the creativity and dribbling from out wide. Uh, Sierra Leone on their power won just one game in qualifying. That was their final qualifier against Benin to make it here. And Equatorial Guinea are actually qualifying for the first time, having gotten in as hosts previously on previous two occasions. So are you expecting them to pull up any trees, Steve? I'm, I'm certainly
0: not. Yeah, it won't be easy for them. Uh, finally, to Group F, Tunisia and Mali, along with Mauritania and the Gambia. The Gambia there for the first time, uh, Mauritania for the second time. Uh, can they get out of the group?
2: Uh, really, that's difficult to tell at this time. Debutants are always an interesting proposition, so I'm a little higher on Gambia than Mauritania. The Scorpions have an experienced manager in Thompson Field, and a lot of talent who have been schooled in Syria are coming through, so they have that going for them. They also came through a tough qualifying group as well. They held off Gabon, DR Congo, and Angola to make it through. That does suggest they are not, in the, not a flash in the pan. They will have to watch it at the back, though, as no team that made it through to Cameroon considered more goals than Gambia did. Mauritania, are on the other end of the scale, they are not as exciting, but they are tighter at the back. They will hope to get through by frustrating opponents, which is something they did successfully last time out against Group Seeds Tunisia, who they are once again paired with. The Celtic Eagles are almost never a fun watch, but they are always efficient and they always find a way through, which is why they are the seeded team here and why they've maintained such a high ranking in African football. The real wild card in this group for me is Mali, in the sense that no one really knows what to expect from them. There is a lot of brilliant attacking talent. But often they seem like they're invested in running their own goal of the tournament competition and that lends itself to poor decision making in attack. Also, uh, Coach Mohamed Magasuba is probably not the right kind of coach for all the riches um, in terms of quality that they possess. So it could go really well for them or it could go very badly. No one really knows what to expect.
0: So that's how the draw is looking for the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, uh, which starts on the 9th of January. Asking for your thoughts on the draw on social media this week. Cameroon against Burkina Faso in the opening game. The holders, Algeria, have Ivory Coast in their group. Uh, Morocco and Ghana drawn together in Group C, and Nigeria and Egypt in Group D. Uh, So which do you think is the toughest group? And if your team has qualified, what do you think about their chances after the draw? You can post a comment. Comment on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What do you think about the Africa Cup of Nations draw? Now, at the draw, there were some interesting comments made by the CAF president, Patrice Motsepe. He suggested that uh, some prize money could be paid direct to players rather than players waiting to get money through their federations.
1: We spoke about increasing the prize money. We want to increase the prize money, and we're in discussion with sponsors because we have to show the world that African football is as good and is amongst the best in the world. And one of the things we want to do is to provide on top of the prize money, which will be won by the winning nation and the discussions are ongoing, to put aside prize money so that the nation that wins the Total Energies Africa Cup of Nations next year, there's a prize money that will go to the players, so that we don't experience the problems we've had in the past, that the players are demotivated, Uh, when they qualify because they don't know how much they will make by way of bonuses. So we are working on those things.
0: So that's the CAF president, Patrice Motsepe, suggesting that some prize money could be paid direct to players uh, rather than players waiting to get money through their federations. Uh, he seemed to be referring to the team that wins the Nations Cup. Uh, imagine how this sort of thing could solve some of the disputes over payment of winning bonuses uh, which have affected so many teams in African football, Salis.
2: I I found his idea of setting aside some prize money for the players of the winning team an interesting one. Although I do wonder how much it really does practically. Yes, there has been a history of African teams squabbling over bonuses and allowances at major tournaments. Um, In the very last edition, for example, the Nigerian team memorably boycotted training before their second group match against Guinea on this account. And at World Cups, we have seen some downright shambolic episodes for the exact same reason. I mean, we've had Money being flown in, we've had teams arriving late, we've had players caught on camera kissing words of cash, the works. However, much as these players are due these payments and do like to insist on them, they are not mercenaries. They, they do understand that once you get to the latter stages of a tournament, there is a real prospect of glory for your nation. And so, demotivation hardly comes into it at that point. Uh, for me, I think in terms of motivating the players There are perhaps more thoughtful ways um, to do so Probably like FIFA did at the last World Cup CAF could maybe front-load appearance bonuses for every team In order to get ahead of the problem of payment routes Something like that would have made um, a lot more sense uh, In my opinion, this current idea It just smacks of throwing money at what is a deep-rooted problem
0: Uh, Right, so you're not convinced. Uh, Thanks, Solis. That's Solis Chuku in Lagos, Nigeria, our guest analyst on the show this week. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And still to come, Stuart on the English Premier League, Will Arteta last at Arsenal, plus a look at the Africans in the Premier League this season. You can follow us on Twitter at FA and our website is planetsport.tv. In the blog section there, Russ Bravo reflects on the Olympics and writes about learning the secret of contentment. As there was joy and disappointment at the Tokyo Games, as some won medals and many didn't, Russ looks at how win or lose we can be content in our heart. That's on our website planetsport.tv and uh, that's in the blog section. Right, to social media now. And last week we asked her, what do you think Lionel Messi will deliver at Paris Saint-Germain after his huge move from Barcelona? Uh, Will PSG get value for their money? Will Messi be able to dominate play as he did at Barca? And will he help them to win the UEFA Champions League? Uh, we start today on What's Up with Prince Ako in Nigeria, who says Messi has only just arrived. Already he's delivering glory and creating history for the whole of the French League, not just for PSG. Uh, the club has seen record shirt sales and new investment deals, says Prince. Uh, Lino Messi is the greatest of all time. He'll surely rule the French League and create exciting moments by helping PSG to win their first ever Champions League title. And Emmanuel Harry in Malawi agrees, uh, saying the transfer of Messi will boost publicity for PSG, and at the same time he'll contribute towards their success, says Emmanuel. His combination with Sergio Ramos and Angel Di Maria will be massive. I can see him dominating in all competitions, including the UEFA Champions League. And here's a comment from a Dawood seen Chelsea in the Gambia who says Messi will do a great job in Paris on and off the pitch. He'll also bring them a lot of finance. But the big problem awaits PSG in the quarterfinals or semifinals of the Champions League where they've stumbled in the past. And we always welcome your voice notes here on Planet Sport Football Africa. Here's the thoughts of Mohamed in Sierra Leone.
2: I think overall, yes, Messi will deliver for PSG. Because the French League is a very good league, and it is a very physical and contacted league. Messi is a skillful player, but also he is very strong and physical, so he can match on the league. The question of if he will deliver the Champions League for PSG, that I don't believe, because the competition is key in the UEFA Champions League. So I don't think PSG still have that
0: kind of balanced squad for them to win the Champions League. Some habits saying that Messi will help PSG to win the French League, but he won't be able to help to deliver the much-coveted Champions League title. But a Sid Wynn in South Africa believes that with Messi, PSG do now have the players to win the Champions League. Yes, PSG stand a good chance to win it, says Sid Wynn. They have quality players there with Messi and Neymar. And Philip in the Gambia agrees. Uh, From my own point of view, says Philip, Messi has made a great move. If the players at PSG are ready to play for him, they'll achieve a lot as a team, and there's a high possibility that they'll win the Champions League, says Philip. And Emmanuel in Nigeria shares the same view. Messi will definitely help PSG win various laurels, as well as the most coveted one, the Champions League. It also justify the huge wage that he's receiving at the Parc de Prance says Emmanuel. Guillermo is a Cameroonian living in the United States. As a Barcelona fan, it's sad to see Messi leave the club, says Guillermo. I wish he could have had a proper farewell, but it is what it is. He gave his all for the club and will always be a legend. As for his move to PSG, I really want to see him happy and enjoy the game before he retires. He's done it all already. I've got no expectations for him, but just to watch him play the beautiful game until he hangs up his boots like Ronaldinho before him, says Guillermo. Meanwhile, Braga Lee in Nigeria is confident that Messi will succeed at his new club. Yes, Messi is an unpredictable player, says Braga Lee, but I have the belief that he's going to deliver for PSG. And Biswek Njakwa and in Malawi is also positive. My thoughts are that Messi can deliver at any club, says Biswek. At PSG, he can be a good addition, as he'll be playing alongside his old ally Neymar. I believe his combination with Neymar and Mbappe will be successful and remind us of his combination with Suarez and Neymar at the New Camp. Ismaila Saidi is in the Gambia. Leo's addition to PSG for me is timely, says Ismaila, and will probably earn them whatever they're yearning for. Messi, to me, has found almost all the kind of players he likes to be with, and with this he'll deliver up to expectations. However, Francisco Dodoma in Malawi is more cautious. I know Messi is a very good and world-class player, says Francisco, and so it will be easy for him to deliver. However, he won't be able to deliver as he did at Barcelona, as it's a new environment and a new challenge for him. And Emma in the Gambia is also wary. Messi's one of the greatest footballers in the world, but with his age, I don't see him achieving much at PSG, says Emma. But Edwin Wessonga in Kenya has no such concerns. PSG will certainly get value for money, and Messi will help them to win the Champions League, says Edwin. And we end with two similar comments from two listeners in The Gambia. 1st Alhaj Ibu says, For sure, Messi will deliver because he's got the talent and experience to do it. He's a world-class player who can do it in a second, but PSG winning the Champions League will be a surprise to me, says al And then Mustafa Jallo says, Football is a very big business now, and PSG will get value for their money because Messi is a global icon in football. For Messi to dominate play as he did at Barca remains to be seen and for that reason I don't think PSG will win the Champions League this year but maybe next year and uh, thanks very much for all of those comments always great to hear from you we'll see how the legend Messi does there and this week on social media asking what do you think about the Africa Cup of Nations draw uh, which do you think is the toughest group and if your team is there what do you think about their chances given the draw you can post a comment on our Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa or send us a WhatsApp to plus 4479 that's plus plus four four seven nine double five. Five two three two seven eight zero. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the Africa Cup of Nations draw. Right, and more on the English Premier League now, as there was a very exciting opening weekend with uh, so much to talk about. Our European football expert, Stuart Weir, joins us from the UK. Uh, Stuart, what did you make of those big wins for Manchester United, Liverpool and Chelsea? Steve, I think
3: the first thing to say is that Premier League football is back. There were 72,000 at Old Trafford, 58,000 at Tottenham, 50,000 at Newcastle. And I know it's only one week, but we had seven home wins out of ten, and of course for the last two seasons, without fans, we've seen more away wins. 34 goals were scored in those ten games, and the way that VAR was used seemed to me to be encouraging, less intrusive. It was being used to check, it was not being used one might say, with a VAR official wanting to find a reason to change the on-field decision. And, for example, one of the to United goals looked marginally offside, but the goal scorer was given the benefit of the doubt. And, to me, that's so much more refreshing than the old um, toenail and armpit offside decisions we were getting in the past. And one other interesting statistic Creative players were dribbling with the ball more than last year. Could this because they're encouraged to take defenders on and run at people because of the roar of the crowd? But certainly a promising start. And, as you say, a promising start for Manchester United. And don't forget that last season they started with three defeats and a draw in their first four home league games and had to wait until November for the first home win in the league. So... Beating Leeds 5-1 will give them immense confidence going forward. And similarly, Chelsea and Liverpool opening their season with 3-0 victories. And Steve, I know you will be interested in this. Mo Salah scored for Liverpool and this is the fifth season in a row that he scored on the opening day of the season. And I don't think any other player has ever done that before.
0: Yeah, an amazing achievement that uh, for Salah and uh, great to have the fans back in the stadiums. Uh, So Stuart, the favourites for the title, Manchester City lost 1-0 away to Tottenham and the Spurs fans certainly made the most of that. But uh, any significance in that defeat?
3: Well, as you say, with the other big three winning, City lost ground. And, of course, the game was played against the backdrop of Harry Kane having said that he wanted to leave Tottenham and Manchester City that they wanted to buy him. But the transfer has not gone through. And Kane, very uncharacteristically, returned from holiday late and was late to training and wasn't selected for the game. Manchester City had their new... $140 million signing Jack Grealish, but the depth of the City squad is illustrated by the fact that Kyle Walker John Stones Gabriel Jesus Americ Laporte Zinchenko, Bernardo Silva Kevin De Bruyne and Rodri were left on the bench Now having a big squad can be an advantage but I think you could question whether Pep Guardiola is really sure what his best team is And you could wonder whether he can keep 20 top international players happy if he can only pick 11 of them any week. A strange fact is that this is the fourth time that Manchester City have played in the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It was their fourth defeat and they have yet to score a goal in the new stadium. And just to mention one of the stars of the Tottenham team, Jafet Tanganga. Born in England but of Congolese parents, he had a great game but he has opted to play his international football for England rather than DR Congo.
0: Interesting, and uh, yes, so many uh, star players in that Man City squad. Um, And Stuart, you have to feel for the Arsenal fans, uh, starting off the season losing 2-0 to newly promoted Brentford. Um, How much time do you think uh, Ghana's manager Mikel Arteta has got to turn things around?
3: I really don't know what to say about Arsenal. Eighth in the last two seasons... Uh, last season, to be honest, they were in the bottom half of the table more than the top half. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scored only 10 goals last season compared to 20 in the two previous seasons and he was unavailable last weekend through illness. And the only new players they have signed are Ben White from Brighton and Albert Lokonga from Anderlecht in Belgium and he's also of Congolese descent. But neither of them are what you would call marquee signings. Last year I thought the Ghanaian Thomas party started really well at Arsenal, but then he faded. I think he needs to be influential this season. The brutal truth is that it's hard to argue that so far Arsenal have improved under Mikel Arteta. And I would say that if Arsenal finish 8th this season, it will be after Arteta has been removed.
0: And uh, Arsenal playing Chelsea this weekend, well, that's going to be a tough one uh, in a London derby there. And what else have we got for us, Stuart?
3: Well, Steve, a quick count revealed that there are a total of 45 African players in Premier League squads, not counting anyone out on loan. And they come from 16 different African countries, seven from Nigeria, seven from Ivory Coast. And only Newcastle, Norwich, Burnley and Leeds United do not seem to have an African player in the squad. And 30 of those were involved in the opening weekend of the season. Just to pick out two players, I will be fascinated to see how the two new Zambians acquit themselves in the Premier League. That's Patson Daka at Leicester City and Enoch Mwepu at Brighton. Now Watford had five Africans in their starting 11 last weekend. That's Ismela Sarr from Senegal, Adam Mazinga from Morocco, plus three Nigerians, Peter Itebo, Emmanuel Dennis, and William Trost-Egong. And Saar and Dennis both scored. And in addition, Watford have got Ken Sema, who plays for Sweden but has Congolese parents, and Christian Capacelli, a Belgian international born in DR Congo, so amazingly African influence there. And with Watford beating Aston Villa and Brentford beating Arsenal, this was apparently the first time for 40 years that two promoted teams had won their first game. But before we get too carried away with this, I think the three promoted clubs will still be among most people's favourites for relegation. Bruno Fernandes scored three goals in the first hour of Manchester United's win over Leeds, becoming the first player to score a hat-trick in the first hour of the new season, since Kevin Campbell did it for Nottingham Forest in 1996. And Brentford's new ground is the 60th stadium to host Premier League football. Remarkably, Liverpool have won at 57 different stadiums. And finally Steve, Callum Wilson scored 12 goals for Newcastle in the Premier League last season, all of them in the second half. Well this season he's been given the iconic number nine shirt as worn by Alan Shearer and Jackie Milburn in the past and he celebrated with a goal last weekend and it came in the first
0: half. Well, that's good going. Thanks, Stuart. Arsenal-Chelsea on Sunday, the big game of the weekend in the English Premier League. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from our guest analyst this week, Solis Chuku in Lagos, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.